Is everything okay? Uh, no. What is it? I, um, how do I say this? Joey sort of arranged for a stripper to come to the stag. As a matter of fact, it was Vance Connie. <laughs> You're not mad? Fancy can do whatever she wants with her body. It's her business. What a relief. Wait a second. I'm cool with how Fancy makes her living. I sense a butt coming. But I'm not cool with my husband being one of those pathetic losers who goes to strippers. Especially when I know the stripper. Gross. Point taken. Never again. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the podcast where we gather here today to celebrate the union. I object! <laughs> I object! This episode was bad. <laughs> I object. I'm Evan Goodrich. I'm Nick Sahoya. We uh, are the boys who always have differing opinions of Degrassi episodes. And that's why you tune in for yeah. conflict. Is it a differing opinion if you sort of like all of them and I either love or hate them. I don't sort of like all of them. This one's... This was bad and racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's only a couple parts that are racist, but they really stuck out. Uh, yeah, well, the one one in particular was like, oh, interesting. That was shocking. Um, so we are talking about season two, episodes 11 and 12. It's a fine day for... A, oh, is it fine day or nice day? Nice it's day nice for... Day. A, White Wedding. It's called White Wedding. Yeah. Named after the song by Billy Idol, of course. Yeah, uh, do you like this song? I like this song. Yeah, it's I classic. think it's the only Billy Idol song I know. I think it's the only Billy Idol song I know, too. I know I know what he looks like. I know he had that cameo in The Wedding Singer, where I'm not sure if he was playing... Oh, yeah! Was he playing himself, or was he playing a guy who looked like Billy Idol? I think... I think I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in so long. That was like my favorite movie when I was in like sixth grade. I would say that's one of the Adam Sandler movies that holds up pretty well. Yeah, like that movie. Yeah, he and Drew Barrymore have surprisingly good chemistry for the first movie. <laughs> oh, you don't like Fifty First Dates? I think that movie is the beginning of the end of Adam Sandler. I also that was like my favorite. Well, maybe movie. Little Nicky is the beginning of the end, but that's like. The end of the beginning of the end. <laughs> the beginning of the beginning of the end of the beginning. The, um, it, it became the era of Adam, and you did come here to the Degrassi podcast to hear about Adam Sandler movies. It was <laughs> I know he was always a premise guy, but it, it became the era of his career where all of the premises were so outlandish and disconnected from reality or contrived in some way. Like, what is just go with it about? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. They date. Why not? You're two adults. Figure it out. I. I mean, I, to be fair, I have not seen Fifty First Dates in f- fifteen years at least. But I. So you haven't seen. A, so I don't know how it holds. You haven't up. seen Rob Schneider in brownface. No. Oh God. Um. Yeah, I'm sure it probably doesn't hold up very well. But I remember really liking that movie when I was, you know, eleven. I think a lot of people like that movie. I also think a lot of people haven't seen that movie in a while. <laughs> but what we have seen recently is this episode of Degrassi, which is a two-part episode. Two parts. And yeah. should have been one. It should have just been one episode, and that would have solved a lot of problems. Uh. Yeah. Maybe. Honestly. Um. <laughs> But I, I get, like, why they made it two episodes, because it's, like, it's an event, right? This is the union of two Degrassi alums from a previous mm-hmm. iteration of this show. Like, this is a big deal. 
Like, so I understand making it and piping it up as a big deal. I, hmm, the, There's the, nothing really the, exciting or memorable. Well, that's the, the problem. The issue is just sort of the conflict is like, I, like it, it's not a terrible idea. Just, I don't know how they handle it is like a lot of this episode is just people not talking to each other, which is the most not communicating in the world, but like not communicating in a way that's like, it doesn't even necessarily track. Like it, this isn't like, like grounded in sort of like an understandable psychology. It's just like, you're not talking. I, oof. Let's go from the start because I think I just need to point by point say what <laughs> didn't work for me. Okay. About this. The, yeah. Let's just get into and it. And I want to say, I just want to say one nice thing at the top. This is probably the only nice thing I'll say when they show up in their street clothes to the fancy church and get married. That's that worked for me. That was cute. So that's the Are nice you spoiling thing this moment. They spoil the episode. Who is watching these and pausing <laughs> as they go along and like watching scene by scene? You don't know. You don't know our audience. If you and uh, I actually have a message from a digress. Remind me at the end. I have a, a couple DMs that I'll read on there. Um, but if you are a Degrassi watcher. No, wait, if you are a listener of this podcast and you like listen to it without watching the episodes or if you listen to the episodes as you watch the episodes, I want you to DM us. I don't think you exist. <laughs> but according to Evan, you do. And I think Evan, I just think you're I spoiling think Evan, the format of this show by telling the ending at the beginning. I think it's beautiful. I'm building up to it. I'm building it's a narrative that you care for that fictional person. I'm spinning a yarn. Spin your yarn. I Thank apologize. You. All right. So. Um, Simpson and Spike are getting ready to tie the knot. Yarn again. Um, yarn references. (laughs) Um, and Emma's skipping school that day to help her mom with the preparations. Well, it's the opening scene though. We see Snake. Okay. So Snake is Archie. Uh, I knew you'd want to talk about this. Snake is Archie. Uh, Yes. That's correct. So Snake is getting married that day or like that weekend? The next day. I think it's the day before the wedding. Okay. Because he is, he's very excited, obviously, as mm-hmm. you would be before your wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's expressing his excitement by spinning around in a chair, and he's wearing, like, a Viking helmet with a circuit board on it. Yeah, motherboards of some sort. A motherboard, yes, not a circuit board. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me what that was about? No, I can't. <laughs> okay. I, I, it was in my notes. I said, question mark, question mark, Viking helmet, question mark. Yeah, and I don't know if we want to be, is he, like, a... A code Viking? Like, is he pillaging I don't, I, bugs? I, they didn't explain it. And honestly, I kind of like them not explaining it. They're just like, here's this detail that, you know, sure. We're just in media res. Like, I'm sure this was <laughs> this made sense. <laughs> there was context, and they were like, nah. There was a very long scene it. that they cut so that they could include several scenes of three different characters standing around and waiting for something to happen, yeah. which is most of the scenes <laughs> in this episode. Um, yeah, that is technically the first uh, shot of this episode. <laughs> but um, basically, the gist is, yeah, so Emma's going around helping her mom out. Um, but while Emma's frantically trying to help get everything ready, Spike has a package from a pharmacy that she claims is for her headaches. But it seems that something uh, else is going on. I, I didn't on. even pick up on that foreshadowing. Wait, that, really? Well, that now I know, of course, what that is. Yeah. But I didn't, no, I didn't notice that. There was so much other weird shit going no, on. No, she's that like scene. going to this. She's like, because she drops Emma off at school. You, you don't want to talk about the fact that Emma wakes up and her bed is covered in rose petals? <laughs> Why? Is <it> really? Yes. <laughs> I and it's like, I, I feel like we're supposed to believe that she was doing some like flower arranging in her room and the rose petals got everywhere oh, but no. what it looks like is she woke up from like a romantic evening and there's still rose petals <laughs> on the bed she was just reenacting that american beauty I sequence think she was doing that yeah <laughs> well what's what's the actress in american beauty what is her name i have never seen that Mina movie. savari she was having her Mina savari moment Mina, Mina Sorvino. 
Mina Savari, <laughs> Mira Sorvino. Have they ever met? Have they ever been in the same room? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. Um, Mira Sorvino, I know you listen. If you have <laughs> ever met Mina Savari, please tell us. <laughs> uh, so while Emma's briefly at school to turn in her assignments and her parent excuse for missing class, Manny tells her that Sean clearly isn't over her and she urges her to invite Sean to the wedding. But Emma's like, no way, even though it's mm. like, come on, she's obviously, she still has feelings for Sean and yes. who can blame her? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's sure. A, he's a sweetie. He's I a guess sweetie he's sweet. I, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's damaged. I mean. She can fix him. You know, I would, ex- I would also understand if she never wanted to talk to him again, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I, but clearly the heart wants what it wants. Um, although I, my question is, why is Emma running around that school barefoot? That was so disgusting. What was that? <laughs> I mean, I, she's busy getting ready for the, yeah, she can put her shoes on. Yeah. From what I understand, the gist was that like, oh, I, my head's not, because remember she like hands her shoes to Miss Kwan instead yes. of her essay for the day. Yes. That's what it was. But and it's actually, like, I want to talk about that moment as well. Well, it's like, just like put on your shoes. Why are yeah. you barefoot? Those clothes are so gross. They're very gross. We talked about this in the breakdancing episode when Marco was dancing on the floors and I yeah, was like, you like, gotta go wash your whole body. Yeah. Like, yeah. Purell is your friend. Um, I want to talk about that scene very briefly, and I don't know if this works without watching it, so just go back and watch this moment. There, when she hands the shoes to Quan, which already is a bit of a, like, David Lynchian, like, Twin Peaks moment, <laughs> there's, a, a, there's a shot where she's walking down the hallway, she, she hands her the shoes, and then she's like, no, wait, I meant to give you the essay, and then as she walks away, Miss Quan says to i guess the back of her head because she's walking away and it wasn't adr because i could see miss kwan's mouth was moving she says if only all students were as hardworking as you emma and then emma just proceeds to have a conversation with cassie Steele. and it reminded me a lot of that scene in the room where he goes to the flower shop have you seen the room i have not seen the room so there's a scene in the room where it's like uh he goes to this flower shop and they're trying to establish that johnny's such a good guy so the flower shop owner is like oh hi johnny i didn't know it was you you're my favorite customer and it felt like that moment where it was like (laughs) we just need to establish if this is your first degrassi episode we need you to know that emma is a very good student yeah it felt weird also felt like miss kwan should kind of just be like it didn't sound, it seemed out of character for Miss Kwan, even. She's to always be like, pretty withholding with her compliments. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so for her to just sort of like, like, you can just see, almost hear her being like, ah, you're, the, <laughs> you're such a great student, Emma. As, as Emma's walking away and not acknowledging her, it just, it, it felt scary. odd. It just, they should have just left it at the gag of her accidentally giving the shoes. And then give her like and a then funny Ms. look at And then Miss Kwan away. just being like, these kids, that would these crazy better. kids, that would have been better and more in character, I think. But what I did notice that moment, I didn't it have it in my weird, notes, right? but I was like, that's weird. So um, room fans, Twin Peaks fans, I, I hope there's, you, there's something for all of you. There was a vibe <laughs> that kind of pervaded that moment. So against Emma's wishes, Mandy decides to meddle in her affairs and she gives Sean an invite to the wedding mm-hmm. under the pretense that Emma was the one who wanted her to give him the invite. Yeah. And he's so happy. He's very happy. He's so happy. He lights up. He lights up. Um, I, so I want to give a compliment to Cassie Steele. Unfortunately, Manny is kind of once again, taking backseat to Emma and just like being like a cog in her romantic machinations, which I find annoying. But she's really elevating these scenes. She has, like, two or three scenes where she's meddling in these Mm -hmm. romantic affairs. And she's always 
very charming. I think she's great. That's what, that's all I want to say. Oh, really? I have questions. What? <laughs> we'll get to it. She's the best part of the episode. I I mean, maybe, but I'm like not... Not her dialogue I, I, and no, motivations, no, but I, she's selling No, it. I have questions. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so in our subplot, because we have like a subplot that's... It's like maybe like lasts for like one and a half of the ep- these two episodes. It's yeah. not really a fully fledged subplot. It kind of goes away. Yeah, it sort of, you know, just tapers off at the end. But um, it's also lo- logically, I have some questions. Um, I just, yeah, but it's, it's it's a good time. It's a good hang, I think. It's fine. I have some morality questions, well, I guess, as we get further <laughs> along. So JT and Toby are inquiring with Craig about attending the stag party that Who Joey... Who calls them JP and Tony, which I thought was very funny. He does, because he doesn't know these kids. I guess this is this their first time interacting. This is their first wow. time interacting. Um, which and they is... just know Craig because he's the cool new guy at school. Yeah, and because he knows Joey. Oh, and... right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he knows Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Joey are buds. Yeah, they're, yeah they hang out every, every now and then. Uh, which is fun. I like seeing characters who usually aren't on screen together, like, have inter- be interacting with each other. That was always a really fun moment in Degrassi, is when you'd see characters who are like, oh, these characters are usually never in the same room. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, talking. And it's like, oh, it's like a crossover event. And it gets really fun later on in the series when you have the, some of these legacy characters still there, but you have the new characters having scenes with them. Yes, right, I, exactly. That's yeah. always exciting. Exactly. So JT and Toby, or JP and Tony, as they are so called in this episode, um, they're asking Craig about attending the stag party that Joey is holding for Simpson, thinking that there will be a stripper for the evening because they want to see some titties. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Continue. But Craig <laughs> tells them that Simpson told Joey not to get a stripper. So the how three of he, them. How does he know all of this, by the way? Like, I, he's just listening in on the phone calls or. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. I think Joey's pretty open. Is clearly very open as a parental figure with, with Craig. Okay. And I guess the party's at his house. Yeah. So Craig would be aware of the planning. I right. withdraw my objection. Yes. So. Instead, the three of them plot to hire a stripper themselves. Um, and they just—they do so by walking up to a strip club. Yeah, they, so they go to a strip club where they request the services of one fancy, which I can only assume is a reference to the Bobby Gentry or Reba McIntyre song. Of the oh, same fancy! Name. The Reba song. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yes. Do you think that's her signature number when she comes out and, and strips? It's, I mean, it, it's a missed opportunity if she doesn't. Do they have put on a red dress? Do they have strip clubs in Canada? <laughs> yeah, sh- of course they do. I don't know. I've, yeah, I've only been there twice. I didn't go to a strip club. <laughs> I'm sure they have them. I think. Well, that, I mean, get Degrassi this, is telling us. Yeah, so. this is a documentary, as far as I know. So, I d- so have they heard of Fancy because they've seen a poster of her, or just because her name is on the marquee? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, I it is on the marquee. Because she's like the star stripper of yeah, yeah. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so everybody of, in of the this one joint loves fancy. I mean, we get the sense that like JT is actually sort of familiar with the work of One Fancy. Um, is she a porn actor as well? No, I think not she's... that every exotic dancer also does porn, but I, like there could be some crossover. I think there. she's just an exotic dancer. I... Then how do you discover? 
discoverer. What's, I, what's their discoverability? I mean, There's no Instagram. I could hear. I could, Toby invented one. I'm sure I could imagine JT like having like an older cousin who like the same older cousin who like gives him the ecstasy <gasps> tab in the first okay. season. You know, it's like okay. I think JT like listens in on conversations he's not supposed to. No, that's my head canon is the same cousin who sold him the ecstasy. Who told him about fancy? Yeah, yeah. And he, and I feel like that cousin like snuck into the script. The or script or like stuff. that cousin was like at a at a stag party where <gasps> fancy yes. came. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the door guy is obviously like, LOL, your children, and he shoes them away because fancy don't do no square dancing. <laughs> is that what he says? Fancy don't do no square dancing. I don't remember him saying that. That's very funny. <laughs> That's what he says. Why? <laughs> fancy don't kids, do no square dancing. Because kids square dance? Like, if you go to a kid's party, there will be. Is that the implication? I, yeah. I think okay. so. Um, I think it's a good line. <laughs> it's funny. It's, I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> uh, so Craig does the obvious thing, and he just urges Joey to hire a stripper instead. This scene and... was super cringe. I couldn't deal with the, like, oh, what about this spicy nacho? Oh, you didn't like the chip metaphor? No. He's like, we could have normal chips, or we could have spicy chips. And it's and... like, yeah, Takis are fun, but, like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't... Uh, I yeah, was... I, the, the, like, the metaphor is a bit belabored, but it was it's fine. Um, Why don't you he... just go up to Joey and say, hey, you like boobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> He'll say yes. We've seen the people he hangs out with. Well, he's he does... hanging out with some busty lady. He does say yes. He's initially reluctant, but he's ultimately like, ah. And is it the chip metaphor that, like, brought him to the other side? It's just so arbitrary. No, I think he just was like, oh, sure. I guess we could do that. It'll be fun. He 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 found an opportunity to troll Snake, and so he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Which is a funny thing to do. It's I think that's a funny little prank to play on your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so strippers on, baby. Yeah, we got a stripper. Woo! So okay, so Emma is in the midst of getting her hair permed when Spike goes upstairs to unwrap her package from the pharmacy, mm-hmm. and it's <gasps> a pregnancy test. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my goodness. The drama. So downstairs, Emma gets what is supposed to be the birthday cake, or not the birthday cake, the wedding this cake. This is where I want to talk about some stuff. And instead it's a bat mitzvah cake addressed to one Rhoda. Yes. I have... You had issues. I have a lot of issues. I want to start from the not racist part. <laughs> the not racist part is I don't understand how this cake... Or any cake roughly the size, because Emma didn't seem to have an issue with the size of the cake box. Mm-hmm. I don't see how any cake that size is meant to feed a wedding with as many people as we see in that church. Yeah, because wedding end. cakes are tiered. Yes. Yeah. And this is a this is a sheet cake that's sh- that's it's not even as big as the box. I mean, it's I guess cut it, in the shape of a star. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they you know were really skimping on the wedding cake, it could be a, just like a one. Also, she also, I'll just go out on a limb. I don't think that's a big enough cake for a bar mitzvah either. Because I've been to bar mitzvahs and they usually invite a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty small bar mitzvah cake. Okay. Now, here's my main issue. The mix-up, it's sort of implied is because the delivery person and, you know, maybe the owner uh, of the cake bakery as well is ESL. I don't know what language she speaks, but there's clearly a, she appears Asian and there's clearly a moment where Emma kind of like rudely like is dismissive of, uh, dismissive of her, like when the cake is being handed off. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the implication from the writer, and I feel comfortable saying this was his implication because some of the things he writes later in the script, I feel like the implication is this mix up happened because this person didn't speak English well enough, which I find weird because they obviously have a thriving business if 
if this person has trusted them with their wedding cake. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they have the moment be like, oh, this like, oh, hey, man, here's your it's like a stoner boy. And he's got like he's got like long hair and he's clearly just smoked a dude. But oh, hey, man, here's your cake. Yeah, I've been delivering all morning. Okay, bye. And it's like, oh, this little fucking idiot white boy fucked up my cake. Like, why does it have to be that this person through their identity and through their ability to speak English has ruined the wedding. I found that to be, I also found it to be a really solvable problem because she was out the door for five seconds and Emma did not try and chase her down. Yeah. That was my, so why would you open the big racist problem? Another trivial problem. Yeah. Why would you just open the box first? I feel like that's, proper protocol you just be like let me look at the cake the lady obviously drove there she's probably still sitting in her car figuring out where she's going next go outside right find her yeah yeah it's a weird (laughs) moment i mean i like that the cake is addressed to rhoda because i think that's just funny it's a bat mitzvah for rhoda i think that's funny I think that's just more racism. <laughs> I don't know why. You're accusing them of anti-Semitism I think now. This is all, I think this is anti-Semitic. That's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to even say what it's like. I, it, it, I feel like that's a very stereotypical Jewish name. I Rhoda? Like, yes. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Do you know any Jewish Rhodas? The Rhoda from Rhoda. <laughs> What's Rhoda? You don't know what Rhoda is? Mary Tyler Moore's upstairs roommate? Or not oh. roommate, like neighbor. No. And she had a spinoff and her name was Rhoda. And oh. she was Jewish. No. Well, hmm. it's very, I would, I would hmm. consider that to be a very stereotypical Jewish name. So that's, that's strike two and we'll get to strike three a little later in the Oh, episode. well, <laughs> yeah. So Emma barges into Spike's room when Spike breaks the news that she's, is in fact, pregnant. Uh, so while Spike is figuring out what to do next, Manny shows up, and Emma tells her about the big news, but Manny has some other news and tells Emma that she invited Sean to the wedding, and Emma is big mad, but she has more pressing issues when she realizes <laughs> that she's had her pair perm solution in for way longer than the advised 20 minutes. And so yes. she runs up to tell Spike, and the two of them freak out, and Emma comes out of it looking... Okay, what do you think? <laughs> how would you describe how she looks? I would say sort of like, like, you know how cotton candy comes on a cone? Like if, if it came on like a little uh, lollipop stick instead, she Mm. looks like a little lollipop stick and there's a big cotton candy on her head. Yeah. It's, uh, let me ask you this before, before I say anything about how I feel about this plot device, how do you feel about this plot device? Do you think this makes sense? I think it's funny. I think it doesn't make sense because as we all know from Legally Blonde and just from being alive in the early 2000s when all of my girlfriends were getting perms, if you fucking put your hair in the shower, it's going to go straight like that. Mm. You remember the scene in Legally Blonde? I do. It's a pivotal pivotal scene. (laughs) Pivotal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do. Um, But like, does that like fuck up your hair though if you do it? I think... think Like, 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 does it cause like damage to your hair if you... No. Or does it just cause a solution to come out? It would cause the solution to deactivate. The Mm -hmm. curls would deactivate. You cannot get your hair wet for at least like two days Mm -hmm. when you get a perm. Hmm. Or it instantly deactivates. Yeah, so she could have just gone in the shower. And this is, is not saying? even just from this. Leslie Nope has a very funny episode where she gets half of her hair permed, and then it <laughs> ends right. with her falling in the lake. And it's funny because the hair looks terrible, but she's like, "Oh my god, my perm!" You mm. know, I this is a common thing. Everybody knows this. That's uh, I don't really know how perms work. And but... Spike is supposed to be a fucking hairdresser. You don't know that the antidote to perm solution is water. <laughs> 
<laughs> a free resource that you could get in your home. But then we wouldn't have Emma walking around Toronto looking crazy the next two episodes, so... It was fun. I'll say it was... She looked pretty fun. Uh, the wig's pretty convincing. Oh, you didn't think that was her hair? You think that's her hair? <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Of course it was a wig. Okay. The most hair I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a pretty convincing wig. It, it, was, it was pretty good. I'm not saying it looked fake. I just knew it was fake because of the volume. Right. Yeah. And they wouldn't do that to poor... Uh, you know, uh, well, maybe they would because you can just take a shower the next day and it will all go straight <laughs> again. But you know, that's just me. Uh, so, oh yeah. Also, uh, the fellow Degrassi High alums, Caitlin and Lucy, they're back in town. Well, once Caitlin showed up, I was like, there's going to be a lot of adults in this episode. And oh I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to like that. And Lucy still, uh, pretends to walk with a cane. That, her cane walking is the best <laughs> acting I've ever seen. Just, uh, she might as well be like. She's supposed to have a limp from the car crash yes. in, in the original series, but she it looks a little bit more like Buster Keaton. Like it's an accessory. And <laughs> right. She, she's and she just, might take it up. She's and just like it. a she's like a pimp, but she's just like has Ooh, her pimp yeah, cane. Pimp, pimp cane for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if yeah. We could get her in a big feather hat. <laughs> but I I was shocked that Lucy was back because her acting and in the pilot episode just made it seem like she never wanted to be. Yeah, I thought she was like, <laughs> I'm off to New Mexico, see you never. And Spoiler alert, Caitlin does come back quite a few times, but I think this might be the last time we see Lucy. I think this is the last time we see Lucy. And did you notice what Lucy was referred to as? What? Luce. You love that. So Just so we know that they're friends. We know they have a pre-existing relationship because I've dropped the last vowel from your name, which is my endearing nickname for you. Hello, Ev. Now everyone knows we're friends. Well, your name's Nick, so I can't really... You can't do shit with that. Yeah. You could say Nick and take off the K. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. So just let, spend less time on the K sound. <laughs> uh, so Manny shows up to Sean's and has a bizarre and exaggerated fall for some reason. This is weird. Wait, who fell down? Manny. When she's running to Sean, she just falls. She just fully like eats I'm, shit. I see. I don't even remember that. But what uh, this is gets to my point is this should have been. A, they were just filling time. They were just like, does it make sense for Manny to fall? No, but that will that will fill up thirty to forty seconds. Well, it'll fill up like five seconds. <laughs> um, it's very weird. It just, well, so she has to get she up. Falls. She has to dust herself <laughs> off. Yeah, she says, "I'm so sorry." Um, uh, so yeah, she falls off. She falls down, and she uninvites him to the wedding, <laughs> and he plays it off like it's cool, but you can tell his little heart is breaking. Oh, it says he's not invited. To yeah, he's I, uninvited. I maybe I miss and. I thought you said that he was invited. No, she's uninviting him okay, now. Yes. yes, and that was the moment, and he looked very sad. He's very sad. Um, so a, This little boy is very good at looking heartbroken, so well done, actor who plays Sean Cameron. Yeah, I mean, he kind of has like a perpetual scowl, so it's yeah. like, it, it lends itself well. Um, so back at Emma's house, all the Degrassi alums, Spike, Snake, Caitlin, Joey, Lucy, that's all of them, mm-hmm. they're all reunited. Loose. 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 Spike, Snake, Kate, Joey, Joe, Joe. Why is no one call him Joe? That's short. Um, we would know we like him. <laughs> yeah, Joey. It's not as intimate. Um, so Lucy pops what must be the most obnoxious question asked of straight couples, which is, when are you going to have babies? Um, which is very annoying. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, what if she's fucking barren, you fucking <laughs> insensitive lady? Oh my god. <laughs> Don't know anything about this woman's life. You're hanging out in New Mexico with your fake-ass limp. You, do you think she's canonically faking the limp for, like, a workers' comp situation? <laughs> like, maybe... Can, I don't know! I don't know anything about this she woman's got, I life. I think she got this limp when she was a teenager. I know, but maybe it's better now, and she's just faking it so that the Canadian government, which we know has very good health care... Maybe she just needs to stay in that system. So she can be on disability, is that what you're I saying? I think she might be a disability, like... A, she well, she moved a, to... She might be abusing the system. Well, she moved to New Mexico, so we know she's not taking advantage I of I never Canada. even thought about the fact that she moved to America. Yeah. When I just heard New Mexico, I was like, is, oh, is she's it, going away. It is, in fact, New <laughs> in America, yes. Wow, I didn't even think of that. What's she doing in America? I don't know. Okay. I forgot. Um, she's not going to show up anymore. No, we, we this is this is the, our final notes on Lucy. <laughs> We're just getting them out all right now. She is faking her disability. There, I said it. Um, and that's all I have to say. Mm. All right, you're on the record. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy asked them, "When are you going to start having kids?" And Snake is like, "Oh, someday. Not today, but definitely someday." And Spike's like, "Well, it could happen a lot sooner than you think." And Snake's like. Being very clueless, he's like, oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, which, you know, is eh, a little bit clueless on his part. But To, to be fair, I also hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I understand his reaction, though, because it's like, you know, you're first settling down and you're starting a new life together. Like, I understand him not wanting to rush into this. But also, I think from what we know of Snake, like, he'd be pretty game if he did know. If he found out that there was a, you know, a, a bun in the oven. Snake has never been anything but, like, supportive of her understanding. Yeah. So... We've never seen him... We've never seen reason to believe he would overreact to this. Mm-hmm. We've never even seen... And, well, we should talk about the conversation that comes up with well, Emma. Because that's, like, kind of the big turning point for the episode well and so spike you know but she hears this reaction of like oh i don't know i don't want kids right now i've got too much on my plate and spike takes this and she's like well i guess he's not ready and so instead of just talking to him about it she just decides like you know what never mind i've i'm come to this decision on my own i'll figure it out on my own which eh, like i don't know that's not a very mature thing to do it's not mature but it, it to be fair it is her right it is sure. her right we'll get into that yeah we'll get into that um so that night at snake's stag party jt and toby show up at the door wearing what i believe i think it's them. are their outfits yeah. from the 80s dance i think they recycled them yeah you know what? good job boys yeah upcycling is good Upcycling's good you know forget this fucking idea that you can't wear an outfit twice that is so harmful to the environment mm -hmm. you should be able to if anything, put it in the Disney vault. Put it in your little closet. Bring it out in a year. This that's, is, that's how I handle my yeah. my fun garments. Speaking of teen shows with upcycling, uh, in my so-called life, they would actually reuse their wardrobes. That is so smart. A lot because, and their rationale was for it was, A, not only because it you know, saves on your costuming department budget, but also because, like, well, teens only have a limited wardrobe. They, yes. re, they reuse outfits. I had a couple of fucking Billabong shirts that I would wear <laughs> once a week. It was like, that's my Monday yeah. Billabong, that's my Tuesday Quicksilver shirt. <laughs> you know, it's like... I didn't wear that many things, and believe me, I was wearing the same two pairs of pants every single day. Yeah, I had a favorite shirt that I wore, like, several days remember, in the same week. I remember my favorite Quicksilver shirt. I ruined it because we had a whipped cream fight in the park, and it was we all thought that was so fun, but guess what? The whipped cream, when it congealed, it sort of left a permanent sort oh. of a stain. OxyClean couldn't do anything about that? Nope. Oh, that's too bad. It was pretty sad. Oh. Yeah. 
R.I.P. Yeah, be careful with whipped cream. It's not a toy. <laughs> Especially not on a hot summer day. <laughs> so JT and Toby are ready to make it rain for this stripper. But Joey, of course, is like, absolutely not. And tells Craig that he isn't allowed to watch the strip show either. So yes. everyone loses. So, yes. And then Craig's very mad at the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple things I want to say about Craig at this party. The opening shot, you can see Craig is in the background mingling with Principal Radich. Yeah. What on earth could they be talking about? Because it seems like they're having a nice conversation. <laughs> I imagine it more being like Principal Radich being like, oh, are you getting good grades? You know, and, and Craig sort of like giving like one word answers, you know? He seemed to be engaged in the conversation. What could they be talking about that would be engaging for both of these people? And then my follow-up is, and I guess I know the answer to this, was was Craig's plan to just kind of hang out and when the stripper showed up, hope that Joey didn't say anything? Yeah, I think so. That's a stupid plan. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, or, I don't think you can blame JT well, I think, for this. Well, or possibly that he just assumed that Joey would be okay with him seeing the stripper because, again, they have this sort of like... You know, this, uh, we're just like friends. It's less parental relationship, which I think is previously in, in this very season been tested. And, yes. but I think he was like, oh, I can get away with it. I'm like, if he was like 16 or 17, you know, I would see him think like, maybe it's just, he's a dumb kid, but like, I, I don't know why. He yeah. Thought, I mean, I think it as was a 14 year old boy. He was going to get, no, it was absolutely hubris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, I also think Joey is very funny in this scene. Joey's great actor can i just say it I, he's very charismatic he's the best adult actor on the show there oh, i think it. snake is really good uh, he's just Stephen brogren's really good he's good i prefer joey he's a different energy he's bringing different energy joey's bringing you know more madcap energy but um so it spikes uh, i like joey it's <laughs> it spikes much less fun bachelorette party they're uh, at a mexican restaurant Oof, and um here we go <laughs> and they're being serenaded by a mariachi band, but Spike is really not in the mood for this. <laughs> now, I was already, like, the sort of implication that mariachi music is, like, inherently annoying. That seemed like what it was telling us. is like, I'm trying to have a nice time, and these goddamn men singing their beautiful mariachi music is ruining my time. No, I think the implication was more, more that, like, like, I don't think it was that, like, because it wasn't that she was having a good time and that they were spoiling her good time. She was not having a good time and they were just exacerbating her already bad mood. Like she wouldn't just have had a good editing, time. The sound editing and there's like a guy with a horn who's like playing the horn slightly wrong. It's like, what if you've seen a bad mariachi band? These guys know what they're doing. They play the same like 20 songs over and over and they're wonderful at it. Yeah. I don't want to hear a mariachi band either. TBH. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> microaggressions abound. Okay. Next up, <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that she says this line. Uh, this line's weird. <laughs> this line's very weird and racially charged. She says, uh, get these people to move or there's going to be four dead Mexicans. <laughs> So crazy. <laughs> it's just a really unhinged thing to say. I don't care how bad your day is going. Don't, first of all, don't threaten to kill anybody. And yeah. If, and just devil's advocate here. If you're threatening to kill people, don't identify <laughs> them by their unified racial. But yeah, identity. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it sounds a little genocidal. Yeah, it's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bad. Not, not, not good. Not a good look for Spike in this moment. Yeah. And then. Is this when... I, I'm so desperate to get to the big Emma conversation because that's kind of when this shifts. And I guess that is the 
the sort of break between the two episodes as well, right? Yeah, it's the end. So. Is that next? After this scene, we have a lot to talk about. I know, I just want to... Well, first of all, we, we have to take our break. You know, we have to play the music and mm-hmm. we'll go away and pretend there was an ad there. And then we'll come back. <laughs> but second of all, I, I just think it's hard to talk about my feelings about this episode until we get to that conversation. So let's finish up with the stag party. Yeah, well, so Spike's uh, bachelorette party, she reveals to Caitlin and Lucy that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Snake isn't ready to have kids from, you know, this one line of dialogue he's given. She's like, all right, I've made, you know, made my decision. And she's also starting to have cold feet about the wedding just as a whole which i don't think is justified but okay yeah that's well what's she's, going on. she's really jumping the gun here yes. um also the camera work in this scene is insane did you notice that this i was camera a is... little distracted by the genocide stuff <laughs> but um yeah i guess i noticed it was weird how would you describe it the camera is just constantly rotating like swooping around yeah 360 degrees constantly just between the three of them rotating really? yes from the, the whole inside time. or the outside from the inside. Oh. Yeah, so we're, like, seeing all their faces, and, like, it's just rotating around the cam- or the table constantly. That's pretty weird. It's <laughs> odd. Um, I don't know why they made that choice, but it, they made a choice. Um, a lot so, of choices were made in this scene. <laughs> uh, so, in the conclusion of part one, Emma is actually taking the baby news pretty well, and is excited to have a little sibling. But when Spike comes home, Emma tries to console her about the whole snake dilemma, but then Spike suggests that she may have an abortion. Dun-dun-dun! Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the episode ends, right? Yeah, to be continued immediately. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you're probably watching this on the end. The, the episode's just going to play. So. Yeah, yeah. You No suspense. Yeah. So we, we will insert a little bit of suspense here. <laughs> yeah. Putting the music, which is by our friend Michael Abbott. And I feel like I don't say that enough. He does all the music for this show and for our web content, which you can see at All Boot Degrassi. We'll be back to talk about White Wedding Part 2. So Part 2 picks up immediately where Part 1 left off with That's Emma. That's a good place for it to, to, to go from. Yeah. <laughs> what if it started from the middle of Part 1? That would be so disorienting. In media res, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Emma going off at Spike for even considering getting an abortion. Um, what did you think about this moment? Um, I wrote this down. I wrote this down several times in my notes. Go fuck yourself, Emma. <laughs> I mm. wrote that several times, mm. basically for the entirety of the second part of this two-parter. Mm. I think she makes some of the most uh, alienating uh, choices, and she is exhibiting character flaws that seem fundamental to who she is as a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I agree that Emma is not coming off as likable in this moment at all, but I think it also is very rooted in her character. This all made, like, it all makes sense. And I feel like there are definitely a lot of people who, like Emma, were themselves, like, unplanned pregnancies or, like, otherwise, like, they were conceived under, like, unideal, quote-unquote, unideal circumstances. Like, whether they were, like, born out of wedlock or, like, you know, a teenage pregnancy or, you know, children of rape or, like, something like that. And these people, not always, obviously, but I feel like sometimes these people can have sort of something of, like, a chip on their shoulder when it comes to abortion and conversations about abortion. Sure. Because to someone like that, terminating a pregnancy because of these reasons feels like it feels like a slight against their existence sure and so you know like 
so like a teenager has an abortion when someone is a result of a teen pregnancy. And so Emma herself brings this up, you know, like, well, I, you know, why should I, you know, why, what about the baby? Like, you know, blah, blah. not a baby yet. Uh, well, exactly. Not a, not a baby yet. Exactly. Emma, but okay. Well, I know that. <laughs> I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying what Emma is putting out there is that we should be treating this very early pregnancy as though it is a certainty. Like, even if, uh, snake, snake, even if Spike didn't intervene with the, pre- uh, the pregnancy, like, a quarter of pregnancies ends in miscarriage. Like, you don't need... This isn't a certainty yet. And you're acting... I think what turned me off even more is it's coming immediately after this scene where she's talking with Manny about how excited she is to have a brother or sister. Hmm. And then it just seems even more selfish for her to be like, why are you getting rid of my brother or sister? It's like, that's the energy. Well, And I, I think she's hateable this whole episode. Well, I just think it's understandable for a character like that, for a young girl, like, because the thing is, like, Emma is not, like, a legislator. Like, she's not in a position of power. She's not, like, advocate. She's not, you know, advocating for, you know, the uh, abolition of, pre- you know, abortion. But, like, you know, she's not, just, not like, <laughs> not, well, she's just a teenage girl. And so I, like, understand where she's, like, I'm sympathetic. Can't you see Emma aging into, like, a Meghan McCain type? <laughs> no, I think she'll figure it out. I don't, I'm not no, confident. I think she'll figure it out. Because, obviously, she has other, pro, you know, sort of progressive, quote-unquote, uh, positions. I don't know. I just think it's fine for her to have her ignorant pro-life stance as, like, a 14-year-old who feels like, oh, well, I was, you know, and especially because Spike does refer in this scene as Emma having been, like, a mistake. (laughs) That is obviously a horrible thing for a parent to say, and she recognizes it immediately. Yeah. And I understand Emma in that moment taking that personally, even if on some level she knows that's not what her mom meant. I think that's all fine. I'm fine with her being overly emotional about these things because she is a kid and she doesn't have the life experience. I'm fine with that. I just think she spends this whole episode telling people what to do. And guess what? When we do things your way, Emma, it makes things way worse Mm. and you should go fuck yourself. (laughs) Uh, I just think she's like a dumb kid and she makes dumb kid decisions. in this. And you know what I would say to a dumb kid? Hey, dumb kid, go fuck yourself. Go figure your shit out. (laughs) God, I just tough love. (laughs) I just think in this scene, like I can still empathize with Emma without feeling empathize with her and still tell her to go fuck herself. (laughs) I can empathize with her feelings without endorsing the logical conclusions of her feelings. Sure. So that's so I think that's another reason I had a big problem with this episode is just watching Emma do things that were so very frustrating and moralistic and see I feel like I have a bigger issue with Spike and well mostly Spike this well, let's episode get that. Let's, let's go well <laughs> yeah so while Emma is being a total soapbox Sadie um, and being very unsupportive of her mom yes <laughs> Spike does not handle her little outburst well and she calls her as we said she calls her first pregnancy with Emma a mistake and she sort of does it in this sort of like unthinking way but still it's a real blunder on her part and Emma is obviously really hurt by this yeah and it's like obviously as we said like obviously she meant like the act of getting pregnant was a mistake like keeping you that's what she meant right you know right and she did get mis- pre- pregnant by mistake this time right but it's I don't know it's like I get I get why she's emotional in that moment Emma mm-hmm. you're allowed to be an emotional little kid in that moment mm-hmm. I think a lot of the other things you do you need to just like go up to your room and let the adults figure this shit out yeah agreed 
So, okay, so for a silly B-plot, uh, JT and Toby, they're having a clandestine stakeout outside Joey's to spy on this trip show with Toby's little eyeball camera. The eyeball camera is back, it's which back, I was very yeah. excited to see. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the scene. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, it's like a Three Stooges scene, and it, it was making me laugh. It is funny. It's a the bit... about the naked grandma, like, <laughs> the, the timing with the, like, we were... I told you to never talk about that. Like, it was just all good. Yeah, I mean, JT and Toby have very good comedic chemistry. Yes. Like, that's been established. Um, this The actual act of what they're doing, a bit unethical. Okay, I actually want to talk about this. Um, I guess it becomes unethical because this woman who is consenting to, like, be viewed by people while she disrobes mm-hmm. and dances, she's consented to the people in the, that room. Mm-hmm. But she has not consented to minors who are spying on her. And recording. And that was the other part. Well, I think it's way worse if they're recording. But is it just a live stream and they're watching it on their little... Do they have a tablet? How? Where is this technology I think they're. Rec- well, I think they're recording it uh, for that reason. It was pretty funny but... when they put the camera up there and they see Radich and they scream together. That was, that was a cute little... <laughs> they're like, Radich! That was a little funny moment. Uh, it was good. Um, JT... Also says privacy isn't in the vocabulary of a stripper, which I'm like, yeah. ooh. Now we're getting into slut shaming stuff, which I don't like. Ooh, I don't know about that, JT. Ooh. Sex work is work. How about you calm the fuck down, Ooh, baby? I don't know. Educate yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell this little kid to go fuck himself, too. I'll fucking, <laughs> I'll tell any of these little dumb motherfuckers to go fuck himself. I don't care. Uh, and then the one and only Fancy shows up at the door to the surprise. <laughs> talk about Fancy? Of a very annoyed snake. Uh, yeah, what do you want to say about Fancy? Oh, it's so, so much good stuff here first of all i love her hair mm-hmm. um but second of all i want to talk about the outfit she's like wearing a trench coat when she comes in so mm-hmm. you're like oh underneath there she must be wearing like a bikini or like uh or like a very like sexy like revealing dress she takes <laughs> off the trench coat and she's wearing like a buffy the vampire slayer halter top with a <laughs> yeah. spaghetti strap yeah and she's wearing like jeans is she not no, not jeans. They look like jeans. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a skirt of some sort, right? I feel, no, they go down. Oh, I did thought. it really? I thought they went down to her legs. Really? Well, we only see it from the eyeball cam, I, am I right? I think we see her in like a mini skirt or something. Okay, well, if I'm wrong about the skirt, I apologize. But I did find the halter top to be very funny. Because it was like perfectly Sarah Michelle Gellar. It Sarah. was. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like particularly titillating. No. But, um... <laughs> and also her dancing was very much just like, okay, yeah, she, stand yeah. in front of you and I'm going to wiggle my hips. No, it kind of just like someone you'd see like at the club and like someone you wouldn't be impressed by at the club. No, you'd be like, <laughs> she's clearly having a good time, but I don't want to talk to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, she's having fun up there. Yeah, she's very much having fun up there. <laughs> uh, but uh, Is this just... <sighs> mm. It's They have to tone it down because it's a kid's show, right? Right. Yeah, she's not going to be wearing pasties. Yeah. On this TV, not even 14, TV 12. Well, we can agree, too, too bad, right? Yeah. I want to see some pasties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she starts putting on her show, but JT and Toby... What if the pasties were little maple leaves? <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be cute, right? That'd be cute. Yeah. Canada's Drag Race, season <gasps> season that, five. Canada's Drag Race, why have none of you girls worn maple, maple leaf pasties yet? <laughs> Get on it, <laughs> Bombay. Go on. I know you're still listening. I know you listen to every episode. Go on Canada All Stars where where maple leaf pasties. There you go. So uh, she's start putting on her show, but JT and Toby have uh, fallen asleep, unfortunately. So, oops. Wait, where'd they fall asleep? In the tree. I guess I in the bushes. That 
I, I I don't remember the beat of them falling asleep. I just remember them like getting shooed out of the bush. Yeah, they fall asleep and like one of them's like drooling very heavily. And like and the eyeball cam falls off as like the show's about to start. So they don't even get it recorded. They fell asleep? Mm-hmm. How do I not remember this? I don't know. That really undermines the point. I, I did watch it a couple days ago when we were supposed to record, <laughs> but I didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, <laughs> um, until now. Until now. Uh, I don't remember that beat. What I remember is like, is it Joey and Radich come out and like shoo them out of the bush and they say, I'm calling your mom. Oh, right that's now. later. And then grab them by the ears, which I did like. <laughs> So oh, he yeah. grabs him by the ears and drags him inside. Yeah, he does. This is a real old man move. Yeah. And also, I think if someone grabbed me by the ear, I would lightly slap their hand away and just be like, hey, get off my ear. Hmm. How hard can you really grab an ear? It's pretty small. Yeah, but Joey has big, meaty claws, you know? Do you think he he works out his hands a lot at the used car emporium? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waxing sure. the cars and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess he's the office manager, too, so he's probably, like, filing a lot of paper. He uses his hands a lot. Okay. Yeah, he's good with his hands. (laughs) Uh, Emma can't seem to go to sleep, and so she gets up in the middle of the night to walk all the way to Joey's in her jammies with her hair still looking crazy. And this is a perfect example of what I was talking about with this episode and how much just weird, silent filler there is. (laughs) Because this is not the only scene where this happens, but this is the one I'm remembering right now. Where a character will, for example, wake up for no reason and then walk outside. And instead of it just cutting to her walking up to Joey's, we kind of see her do the whole thing. No, we walk. see like, yeah, no, we see like a montage of her, of her journey. And she's, it's not like close-ups on her face and the things she's thinking. It's kind of just her walking around with a perm to like stock like this also, sad music. This also felt kind of Lynchian. <laughs> This is pretty Lynchian. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. what is wrong with, with her this weird hair? hair? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why is she wandering alone at night? <laughs> Uh, and so when she gets there, she's surprised to find JT and Toby outside hiding in the bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, and How does she stumble upon them? Uh, I think she steps on their hand and then they like scream and then she, she screams. She fell asleep and mm-hmm. then their hand was like on like the Was there an explanation for why they were so tired? Like you. It was th- late at night. They, so they're stupid. little kids. They... Wouldn't you have an adrenaline rush? You're about to see titties. Mm, they got too excited and That's they fell so asleep. Stupid. They crashed. That's lazy writing. I don't like this episode. Oh, I think this is fun. Um, uh, There's too many things in the way of my own. Well, I don't think this is what happens next is fun. So Snake and Joey come outside to see what all the hullabaloo is about. Joey grabs the ears. And Joey scolds the boys, grabs their ears, (laughs) takes them inside. Uh, is the stripper still in there? No, I think it's ended. Like okay. this is like like this is like pretty late at night okay. now. So the strip show's over. Um, It'd be funny if the punishment was come inside where the stripper still is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like seeing boobs? Well, how about seeing a whole hour yeah, of you boobs? Have to see, you have to see all of the stripper's boobs, and then you'll learn your lesson. <laughs> you like smoking cigarettes? Well, smoke a whole yeah, carton. Uh, <laughs> uh, that kind of yeah, thing. exactly. Um, Honestly, that would be less of a sex crime than the thing that Ashley parents do to Jimmy. oh my god that was a sex crime that oh, we saw oh my god okay <laughs> okay just showing a woman you should go on fox news and <laughs> accuse them of grooming i'm not saying they're grooming i think they committed a sex crime okay that's <laughs> not the same thing mm. grooming is a sex crime but not all sex crimes are grooming oh okay it's like a thank you for injecting nuance into <laughs> this into this thank you so Emma and Snake are alone outside, and Emma drops the bomb on Snake and tells him that her mom is pregnant, and she's thinking of having an abortion, which um, is obviously catching him off guard, and also obviously uh, overstepping the boundaries here. 
And then um, Snake says what we're all thinking. Why Why are you the one telling me this? <laughs> why are you here, Which Emma? Which I think is what we're all wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, why are you telling me this, Emma? Is it to make the plot move forward? <laughs> yeah, and so he just yells at her a bit, and he tells her to go home, and Joey takes her home. Uh, hmm. Joey's busy. He's got to get all these kids back to their house. Yeah, wrangling them. <laughs> Jeez, he did not sign up for this. Um, so did the he next- not have any beverages at the stag party? He's did not he- sober. Maybe it's the DD. Uh, Why would you be the DD if the party's at your house? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Hey, so there's up. too many dumb things in this episode for us to be getting hung up on that. What happens next? That is also. Uh, so the next day is the wedding day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wouldn't you know it? Snake is nowhere to be found. But then he also walks in moments later. So okay, never. Like they make a big deal about this. They're like, "Where is Snake? I can't reach him. He's not answering his phone." And then he just like walks in like five seconds later, and it's like, "Okay, never mind." And then Spike is the only one missing. Is that what's going on? No. And then he gives Spike a piece of his mind. Oh right, because she's there. Okay. Right. Yeah, because Spike's like, "Where's Where's Snake?" And he shows up. Um, and you think it's gonna be like, oh, the groom's missing. You think that's like gonna be the plot of the episode? It's like, yeah. oh, where's Snake? But it's like, oh, shows- you, you thought something interesting was gonna happen. Yeah, but then Snake just shows up. And it's like, okay, well, never mind. Um, so and uh, obviously Snake knows about uh, her pregnancy, and he demands to know why she didn't tell him she was pregnant, and he had to hear it from Emma instead. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. This episode, well, it's just really frustrating because like so much of this drama and conflict could just be resolved with like. A very quick conversation because it's like it's like the Batman versus Superman of Degrassi episodes. It's like just talk to each <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah, just talk. Just be like, "Hey, Lex Luthor's trying to kill my mom. Let's work together." No, we gotta wait for the save Martha. Martha. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Spike decided to get married to Snake because both of their moms played <laughs> Martha, Martha. <laughs> and she found out that day. <laughs> and they named the baby Martha. Oh, and the baby's also Martha. Yay! I love this movie. <laughs> Uh, it's called I, Snake vs. Spike, which sounds like a cool movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't seem like it would be about a wedding, but it is. Uh, I gotta say, I kind of blame Spike for a lot of this, though. Uh, Spike is not being helpful. I agree. Well, because she's really bad at communicating. And it's like, I, I, like as you said earlier, she's she's not obligated to tell him anything. No, of And it's not. her body. It's her choice. But also... She has no problem telling her daughter. So I'm like, why do you feel comfortable telling your daughter about this? But yeah. not who is virulently uh, pro-life yes, in this instance. Like a uh, <laughs> but not your husband, not your husband, who would probably be very supportive. Yeah. And frankly, I think I think she could go to. Uh, God, their names are so fucking similar and they're both gender neutral. I never know which one is which. Spike Snake. Oh, my God. So she could go to Snake and say, I want to get an abortion. I think. Based on what you know, is Snake would be cool with that. Yeah. Or you could tell him if you want, because she seems to actually want to keep the baby, but he just, she thinks he she doesn't thinks want to he, keep the baby. Yes. And it's like, well, how do you know? Could you, I, 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 ugh. it's so frustrating. It's really annoying. It's very annoying. Um, so obviously Emma's feeling very guilty about her role in all of this, as she should. Mm-hmm. As she should. Um, well, she goes to Sean. <laughs> well, well, then we get this very tepid, very petty altercation between Manny and Emma. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, because it is very pointless. Just eats up time. So, because, like, Manny basically tells Emma to, like, you know, get over herself and, you know, stop butting into people's business. Which is true. (laughs) um, But then Emma is like, well, you're a hypocrite because you butt into my business right now. Um, And it's like... Oh, yeah, this was when they're outside. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also, like, sucking helium out of balloons. Um, Which is fine. I think that's a cute moment. uh, I mean, I like... 
It's always fun to hear people suck on helium. That's... Should we get helium balloons for the next episode? And we can talk <laughs> the about whole episode? Versus... Well, not the whole time. How many brain cells can we kill in, the, <laughs> we in an hour? part of it, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> um... Even if she's okay, so like even if she's right on principle, I do think Manny's being like kind of an input hoe right now, mm-hmm. and it's not really the time or place. It's like just be supportive of your friend when she's like having this, you know, shit going on. Sure, she's got a lot going on. Um, I also feel I know you like praised Cassie Steele in this episode. I think her performance is unhinged. In this episode, I think she's trying to bring some life to this like worthless series of lines she was. Doing. I just have like between her delivery of lines, it sounds like she's like. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's just, like, over-emphasizing, over-enunciating some lines. It's not bad. It's just weird. And then, like, there's the pratfall that she has in the first part. I just, like, I'm everything is just, like, what are you doing? Um, I don't know. I feel like she sucked too much helium during shoots. <laughs> you think the pratfall was on accident because she was so loopy from the helium? Possibly. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's weird, but love you, Cassie. Still, you're really good. But this, I don't know what's. Please tell us what's I going on here. I, for once, think the acting was good, and Evan thinks it was bad. So everyone, write this down. This was the first time. I that didn't ever say happened. bad. I said weird. <laughs> I said unhinged. I know, but Unhinged is very on brand for Degrassi, I would argue. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, did not enjoy this argument. It was stupid, no, but was whatever. Um, so Spike- like, like every argument in this episode, it was dumb and pointless. Mm. So Spike and Snake hash it out on like a boardwalk somewhere. Yeah, where did they go? <laughs> hey, Toronto has a boardwalk, I guess. Wow. Well, um, well, we should go to Toronto and see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. We should do an episode from this boardwalk. Yeah. And then we'll get married right after. <laughs> I can get You're married. already married. I know, but I can get married in Canada. Can you? I think I could be, I can have. Do uh, they support polygamy in Canada? I think they do. I don't They're know. They're very about, open-minded. I, I don't know about that. Um. I've heard a lot of good things about Canada. I think they love polygamy. Mm. <laughs> if you're Canadian and you have multiple spouses, please, please, please write in. message us. We want to know. Uh, and Snake's like, how could you not tell me when you told Emma? And Spike's like, she's my daughter. We confide in one another. You can't expect our relationship to change. Well, they have kind of a, a Rory and Lorelai relationship. Yes, they? they do. It's very like over intimate and like, yeah. you know. Whoa, this was before Gilmore Girls though, right? So did Gilmore Girls. When did Gilmore Girls premiere? I think like mid 2000s. That was very early. I thought it was like 2002 or three. Well, regardless, they stole. It's like contemporaneous with Gilmore Girls. I think they stole it. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Amy Sherman Palladino was watching the end, and she was like, "This is a jumping off." I don't part. think it's quite as familiar as their relationship on that show, but it's like you know, I get like like I, you, there's shades of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I kind of sympathetic to that intimacy between the two of them because they, they're like all each other's had for so long, and that's sort of the understanding is that yeah. like you know, Emma and Spike have been like each other's you know frocks. Yeah, I, and I like their relationship, and I guess it's a testament to the writing of their relationship in the other episodes that I am still invested in the outcome of this in spite of everyone being so unlikable for <laughs> and an making hour. terrible decisions yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Um, but then, but then this whole like goes off the rails. Cause Spike is like, I don't like keeping secrets. And it's like, you literally kept a secret from snake this whole episode. That's why we're having this argument. What are you talking about? Spike? I, I, you know what? I, I can't wait till we watch the uh, old episodes of Degrassi because I bet Spike is keeping so many secrets back in the 80s. Yeah. I, this is a lie. I wonder if we'll get a better sense of her psychology if we watch 
Yeah. Well, uh, tune in in the future. Once once I get my studio up and running here, uh, Evan and I are going to be doing some video versions of this show, and we're going to be covering the 80s and 90s versions of Degrassi. So look forward to that. I can't wait to hear Caitlin say fuck. Does Caitlin say fuck? She says... You can't say fuck in Canada. You can in this up in this uh, TV movie. You think it was a TV movie. Um, what is it, What was the context of her fuck? Joey uh, cheated on her. Uh, oh, she said, you are fucking... I forget who it is. <gasps> who is it? It's an like, iconic line. You uh, can say fucking? Why can't, just, we, why can't these Degrassi people... They only said people, it once. Um, why can't these Degrassi people... I should have spoiled it. I should have let you... Oh, forget about that. No, I knew a little bit about Joey and Caitlin's pre-existing relationship. That's fine. But I did not know they got to say fuck. That just, that, want... just that one time. Well, that's still very exciting. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen fuck on a Degrassi. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> reeling this in, uh, Snake is having doubts about their relationship and the prospect of marriage also at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. They're, they're figuring things out. Um, meanwhile, Emma is still wandering the streets of Toronto in her PJs. Uh, and her hair is still looking crazy. Yeah. And then she shows up at Sean's place. And... Neither he nor his brother seem to react to this at all, which is the fact that she's there, or, the or and looking and look and with her hair <laughs> yeah. and her jammies. Um, but I, I, I'll give them a pass on that because it kind of pays off when she's walking well, away and well, she goes, well. "Hey, what's with the hair?" I actually thought that was a funny moment. Yeah, she's basically trying to get consolation from him, and he reassures her everything will be okay. There was a very funny line where. Um, Emma's like, oh, I, I keep doing, I keep meddling in people's stuff. And Sean says, well, you, you interfere in people's lives and people don't hate you. And it's like, yeah, they do. That's what's happening right now <laughs> is her actions have consequences. And this is terrible advice. Oh, well, I guess he's just trying to say that like, oh, well, like, this is how you always are. And it's always <laughs> annoying. You're always a piece of shit. <laughs> but like, people always forgive you. And it always works out, you know, people are, will, will be okay in the end. You know, they'll forgive her, is what he's saying. Because she thinks she's gone beyond the pale. Weirdly, that's like a meta-perceptive line about the character of Emma, that you just will continue to do horrible things, and for some reason, us, the characters, and you, the audience, will keep rooting for her. It is, it's it's not, very weird. It's not great advice, but it does <laughs> make her feel better, so I guess it serves its purpose. Um, and so she feels bad about the whole thing with Manny, and so she re-invites him to the wedding for real this time, if the wedding actually happens. Um, yeah, and then at the end of the scene, he finally asks the most pressing question. What happened to her hair? Which was funny. I did think uh, Emma's sort of wordless response to that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, that was so, good. So well done, Emma. Yes, thank you. And again, Emma is a good actor. She's doing she's doing exactly what is being asked of her, but the, the writers seem to be like, what if our central character is the worst person in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so at the wedding, Toby and JT, who are apparently working as ushers, uh, they're commiserating about their punishment for the night before when in walks the one and only Fancy. What was their punishment? They had to watch porn with <laughs> Ashley's parents. <again>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just their solution every time. <laughs> That's how every time you, you got an apple, time to <laughs> put on Pornhub. <laughs> watch Pornhub with Ashley's parents, JT. You're, you're grounded. <laughs> Uh, so apparently Spike does Fancy's hair, which is a funny coincidence. Um, because her hair looks like shit, and so does Emma, so this does track. I thought you liked Fancy's hair. I liked it, but it was very weird and anachronistic. I feel like they were trying to give her, like, a sexy 80s blowout, but it's like, girl, it's the mid-2000s. She looks like a mom. You didn't think she had mom hair? 
Maybe she's a mom. Well, she can be a mom and also a stripper, but I, I feel like if you're you're dancing, you don't want to like wear mom jeans and have mom hair. You want to be selling a fake. I thought face. she looked nice at the wedding. Well, you also thought she was wearing a skirt, and I'm pretty sure she was wearing jeans. I don't know about <laughs> that. Because I wrote down, uh, fancy looks like Rebecca Glasscock, so I'm pretty sure she was wearing <laughs> jeans. I think she was wearing a skirt. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to We'll never this. find out. We'll forget <laughs> that we argued about this, and we'll never know. <laughs> so JT and Toby both get the privilege to escort Fancy inside, and all their horn dog dreams come true, I guess. Yeah. That's all he needed, was just... You know, that's honestly, that's cute. That's like the innocent version of it is like, oh, we know this woman's an exotic dancer and we'll just get a just, thrill by being. Yeah. Her. Just to even like have the privilege of being in her presence is Which like Which is honestly enough. like cool. And yeah. that's like sex positive. And that's what I wish they were doing more of instead of, I don't know, creating revenge porn, which is kind of what they're doing. <laughs> What? When they're filming her. Oh, I don't think that's revenge porn. Well, they're creating a, a legal... It's not it's non-consensual porn. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Not revenge porn. Yeah, no, it's not good. Yeah. Um, so Emma shows up, and Lucy and Caitlin try to get to work on her do, but Spike and Snake still haven't shown up. <laughs> but back at the boardwalk, they both agree, yeah, I guess we do want to keep this baby. And... That's it. <laughs> and then they show up in the nick of time and they say their I do's in their streetwear. This part I liked. This was the only part that like, I guess in a wedding episode, you want some like really memorable moments and some like stuff. Oh, this didn't happen at anyone else's wedding. And I thought that was like mm. a nice earned moment of them. They weren't even sure if they were going to do it. But by the time they agreed, they were like, who cares what we're dressed like? Let's just go get married right now. Right. I, I liked that. I think it's sweet. Yeah. So I'd like some stuff. In this horrible episode. <laughs> Qualified yes. likes. Um, so afterwards at the reception, Fancy, whose real name is Connie, mm -hmm. congratulates Spike and Snake. And Snake explains the whole situation from the night before, which amuses Spike. Um, and she's not mad because Fancy can do what she wants with her body. But she does give Snake a hard time for being one of those quote-unquote pathetic losers who pays for a stripper. Yeah, this was at, at once sex positive and deeply sex negative. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You're not a loser if you uh, go to a sex worker. Like, let's take that off the table. No, That's not true. Spike, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like Spike supports like the Nordic model to prostitution. She's like, it's fine for prostitutes to do their sex work. It's just wrong for people to, per to seek out their sex work. Mm, it's like how we do used to be in seattle you could have it you just couldn't go buy it mm. which is like well how do i get it then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's not good mm. uh the nordic model's not good we're on the record I don't, um, yeah we don't like that um, i just learned what it is but i, uh, hate, uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this thing um i don't know it's just like a weird way to wrap up like what was an otherwise amusing thread yeah. um it's fine i don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. know I, I've, I've i've been really riled up this whole episode and honestly are you coming down the end of my notes are i I'm, i've stopped taking notes because people are just standing around like looking longingly at stuff well to conclude spike throws her bouquet joey and caitlin catch her bouquet which well, is... joey catches it and then caitlin yes. grabs it from him yeah and she's like you know because it's for you know it's for the women um and so i'm sad it wasn't lucy <laughs> i want to know i want to know about her marriage <laughs> 
Her, she finds another con person who's going to, like, help her. Oh, thank God. <laughs> siphon money away from the disability fund. Well, instead, we're just foreshadowing. We're getting some subtle foreshadowing for things to come mm-hmm. with these two. With these two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, spoiler so, alert. Uh, Caitlin kills Joey. Yeah. And that's what this moment is foreshadowing. <laughs> she murders him. <laughs> so, Joey dances with Caitlin. Fancy dances with JT and Toby. I Yeah, that was cute, too. That was cute. I was fine with that. And to top it all off, Sean shows up to dance with Emma while this terrible R&B song plays. Oh, what was this fucking music? That was Awful. cool. That, that was... I think they've had some really bad music on this show. This might be one of the worst songs to be so heavily featured. Heavily featured? Because it plays, like, uninterrupted for, like, a song. solid, like, minute or two. I think it's the whole song. <laughs> Maybe. But... We're, like, in a music video for this, like, bad Canadian R&B <laughs> band all of a sudden. <laughs> it honestly... It, it does kind of just... Like, if the sound was off, if there was no dialogue, it would just kind of look like one of those karaoke videos. Like, a girl with a weird haircut, like, looking longingly, and then, like, a boy <laughs> walks out of the woods <laughs> and comes and dances with her. Yeah. And that boy is Sean. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss! Is this their... No, they've kissed before. No, this is their first kiss. He physically abused her before he kissed her <laughs> it's yeah. a wild relationship <laughs> they kiss with tongue they do yeah wow did you see i, I think i fell asleep i end. think that was also uh the uh emma's actress's first kiss as well hmm. mm-hmm. well so good for them i guess i found this episode pretty frustrating yeah and that's the th- i think maybe more than it being a bad episode, it was a frustrating episode. Yeah, Because yeah. there's a lot of good ideas here. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think simply making it a one-part episode would have solved 90% of these problems. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like maybe characters needed to act like humans. It could have opened <laughs> at the stag party, and then the stag party gets interrupted by the abortion news. Like, that is a high-stakes episode that moves quickly, and we really wouldn't know if the wedding was going to happen or not. But it's like... There's still like ten minutes left in the episode, and they're like already kind of back. Or like, together. or like, have this like, just didn't work for me. Or like, have like Snake actually like go missing, and like we have to like go. Oh, like, what if it's gonna be a two parter? He should be gone for. And the then whole he like episode. shows up like at a pivotal moment. Yeah, it's like you know, he shows up to to grab JT and Toby's ears. That's when he makes like his what if return. what if it had just been that Snake does find out that. Spike is pregnant and he actually isn't sure if he can handle that yet. And so then he does go missing and he that gets cold feet. But then he comes back and it's like, oh, the wedding is back on. And that's how it concludes. Because he's like, I am ready. You know what I, I mean? I've made a choice. Yeah. We didn't make a choice together off screen. <laughs> right. So I don't know. The, some workshopping could have been done. But I, um, I didn't like this. Uh, you know. But weirdly, as far as the episodes with a lot of adults, I do think this is one of the less annoying ones. <laughs> Hmm. Would you agree? Well, they're also not as quite as heavily featured as they are in like the premiere. I know, but the you, you know the ones that are coming up. There's quite a few with these adults. That's right. And I would say this is less annoying than some of those. Hmm. Uh, do you think this episode went there? <laughs> huh. Wait. Wait a second. Yes, I do. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Lay it on me. Why? It was handled very poorly, but... A daughter having an opinion about her mother's potential abortion, I think, is very much going there. Hmm. If you just take that, you could write an Academy Award winning movie, Hmm. you know, if you were just a good writer. Hmm. And I think that's I think that's the main problem here is they didn't have a good writer. But Hmm. it it, it went there like conceptually. I didn't think it went there, but I, you know, I am intrigued by your position. Yeah. 
So bad. My opinion is bad, but went there. Your opinion is best episode ever and didn't go there. <laughs> no, my opinion is this episode <laughs> makes me annoyed and, and also didn't go there. Uh, well, we've gone a little long, but, you know, we're talking about a wedding. We kind of got... It's a big... It's a yeah. Ten, it's a tentpole episode. Like this episode, we're drawing things out for far too long. Yes. <laughs> well, you remember, of course, the scene in the middle of this podcast where I just kind of walked alone in the street in my pajamas. <laughs> you know, we had to include that. <laughs> But no dialogue. I, I do think it's I do think it's that time where we should probably get up and share with the class, even though very little of this episode was in a school, which I also had issues. That's with. right. Yeah, hardly anybody was in school. But let's get up and share with the class. Um, what did you learn today? <sighs> I learned that I could be a stripper as well <laughs> if I just get a trench coat and a halter top. <laughs> That's all you need. And some uh, flare bottom jeans, which I'm ninety percent sure is what she was wearing. Yeah, and find a good hairdresser. Who's also your Well, part. we know that Spike's not I also learned that Spike <laughs> is definitively not a good hairdresser <laughs> because there's a few pieces of information that led me to believe that. that like her leaving her solution in her daughter's hair too long. Mm-hmm. And also Fancy's hair. Let's continue. Uh I learned that if you're going to get a perm Make sure to not have any earth-shattering major revelations <laughs> that may distract you from getting the perm solution out in time. Yes. And what else did you learn about fixing a bad perm? Uh, just a shower. You just take a little shower. Thank you, Legally Blonde. That'll fix it. I will say, I, I, this is maybe just saying how much of a faggot I am, but when I went and saw <laughs> Legally Blonde, I saw the twist coming, because she was talking about her perm so much, and I was like, why would she be... Like, when you were in the theater? I'm dead fucking serious, because my next-door neighbor, when I was a kid would get a perm like you know a few times a year <gasps> and she would tell me that she could not get her hair wet. Oh, wow. so i i would have also been a good lawyer l woods <laughs> i would have also done that <laughs> i don't know what jurisprudence means <laughs> and i could not get into harvard if my life depended on it but i would be a good lawyer <laughs> in a perm specific case <laughs> yeah you could have been a witness on the stand <laughs> my neighbor <laughs> Uh, well, I think that, I don't know, does that wrap it up? I think that wraps been, it up. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, go, as I mentioned, we will eventually be doing some video content for this podcast. You mm-hmm. can get ahead of that by going and subscribing to my YouTube channel, where I'm also doing uh, recaps of all of the Animorphs books. So That's very exciting content. If you are interested in learning about the Animorphs, or you love the Animorphs, and would like to hear someone recap them in a sassy way, come watch my videos. Yeah, or if you just, like... One thing to put on when you go to sleep, mm-hmm. like as a night, a little nightcap. You know what you could do is you can make a playlist where those two videos, the ones that are up already, but they just play over and over. Yeah. And you can put that on your little computer while you go to sleep and put it on mute. I'll still get the views. Get those views up. Get that algorithm going. <laughs> I love algorithms. You can listen to Nick's dulcet tones I as you go to sleep. I am great at talking and I get <laughs> mad at dumb things. Um, is that it? Are we done? I think we're do you, done here. Do you want to plug anything? Um... Come see me at the gym or whatever. <laughs> Come see me at the gym. Gold's Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll have, I promise I'll have stuff to plug next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Maybe not next time. It's sometime. We'll one, day. one day. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Join us next week. And I guess, oh, wait. No, we'll do that next week. I know I said I was going to read the DMs. We'll do that next week. And don't forget, if you're watching next week, you have to watch the episode before and after this two-parter. Those are the episodes we'll be recapping. Very yes. confusing. Yes. I don't have the episode numbers. That's the end of the